ahead and call to order the April 15th uh, meeting of the Historic Resources Commission. Um, do you want to give your introductory comments? I certainly can. Thank you very much. My name is Kyle Kobe, and I'll be facilitating the Zoom video portion of this meeting. Joining me live from the City Commission room is Lynn Braddock-Zollner, Historic Resources Administrator. We'll work alongside the chair, who is on remote video, to facilitate the meeting proceedings. This meeting is being recorded and broadcast live on the City's YouTube channel and public access cable channel 25. During the meeting, please mute yourself by clicking on the microphone. When you are muted, a red line will appear over the icon. This will make it easier for everyone to hear the meeting. Just remember to unmute if and when you want to speak. In the menu, you can also turn your camera on or off by clicking the video icon located next to the microphone icon. For the purposes of this public meeting, please keep your video on for the duration. If you are participating by phone, you can enter star six to mute and unmute your phone. Somewhere on your Zoom screen, you will also see a choice to toggle between speaker and gallery view. Speaker view shows the active speaker. Gallery view tiles all of the meeting participants. Commissioners, you must state your name and title each time you speak. Members of city staff must also state their name and title each time they speak. I'll also ask that applicants and members of the public identify themselves each time before they speak to ensure that everyone is able to follow along. When public comment is sought on an item, individuals participating via Zoom should use the raise your hand feature. Windows and Mac users can access this feature through the participants button at the bottom of their screen. Android and iPhone users can access this feature through the more button located at the bottom right corner of their screen. For those calling in by phone, you may dial star nine. Individuals will be called upon by name in the order they appear on the meeting host screen. When you are called on, please unmute your listening device and state your name before speaking. The chair will then call for in-person public comment for those who are physically present. Staff will direct you to the podium to speak while following social distancing and safety protocols. All motions need to be stated clearly. After a motion is made and seconded, the chair will call in each commissioner individually to provide their vote. The chair will then announce whether the motion carried and the count of the vote. I want to again remind everyone to please mute yourself when you're not speaking. I'll now turn the meeting back over to the chair. Thank you. This is Chair Jody Meyer. Um, I'm going to go ahead and call roll call to see which members are present. Uh, Brenna Buchanan Young. Here. Chad Foster. I'm here. Jay Hawley. Commissioner Meyer, Lynn Braddock Zollner, Historic Resources Administrator. Commissioner Hawley will not be here this evening. Thank you. Sarah Holder. Lynn Braddock Zollner, Historic Resources Administrator. Sarah Holder will not be here this evening. Okay, thank you. Kelly Irby. Present. Uh, and of course I'm here and also Neil Ezel. Yes, I'm here. Okay. Okay, this is Commissioner Meyer again. We will start with the first item on our agenda, which is communications from other commissions, the State Historic Preservation Officer and or the general public. Lynn, do we have any of those items? Lynn Braddock-Zollner, Historic Resources <laughs> Administrator. We have no communications this evening. All right, this is Chair Meyer. Um, is there any disclosure of ex parte communications by any members of the commission tonight? Okay, hearing none, then we'll move on to the next item. Is there any declaration of abstentions for specific agenda items by any commissioners this evening? Okay, hearing none, we'll then move to committee reports. Lynn, are there any committee reports? Lynn Braddock-Zollner, Historic Resources Administrator. We have no committee reports this evening. All right, this is Chair Meyer again. We will then move on to our consent agenda uh, with the administrative approvals. Uh, we have uh, some design review applications that have been administratively reviewed and approved. Um, Lynn, is there any public comment on these items? 
Lynn Braddock Zollner, Historic Resources Administrator. We have no one in the room wishing to comment on these items and there was no one signed up on Zoom. We'd be happy to answer any questions for commissioners about the items. Okay, Mrs. Chairmeyer, thank you, Lynn. Uh, does the commission wish to discuss any of the design review applications? This is Commissioner Foster. I will move that we confirm the attached design review applications, which have been administratively reviewed and approved by staff. This is Commissioner Cannon. I second. Okay. There is a. This is this is Chair Meyer. Commissioner Foster moved, and Buchanan Young seconded. So we'll take a roll call vote. Commissioner Buchanan Young. Aye. Commissioner Foster? Aye. Commissioner Irby? Aye. Uh, Commissioner Ezell? Aye. And Commissioner Meyer is an aye. So that motion passes uh, five to zero. <clears throat> All right, we will move on then to the general public comment item of the evening. Lynn, is there any general public comment? Lynn Braddock Zollner, Historic Resources Administrator. We did not have anyone sign up for public comment and there is no one in the commission room to comment. This is Chair Jody Meyer. Uh, thank you, Lynn. We will then move on to our public hearing items. Uh, the first of the public hearing items is DR 21-67, uh, which is 1306 New Hampshire Street. Lynn is the applicant present. I'll give you a quick rundown. Lynn Braddock Zollner, Historic Resources Administrator. Um, I'll give you just a little bit of staff information and then we can, um, the applicant is present so we will hear from them. This is um, DR 21-00067 for 1306 New Hampshire Street. It's in a new addition and a special use permit. It's a state preservation law review. The property is contributing structure to the South Rhode Island and New Hampshire Street Historic Residential District. Um, this is for a couple of things to look at. You usually don't look at special use permits. That's usually something that staff does um, as an administrative review, but because there was a new addition, and some interior alterations associated with the um, project, we decided to bring that special use permit to you as part of the overall project. The special use permit is really to allow um, the continuing duplex use to exist. Um, because the addition will add square footage to the structure, a special use permit is required to allow the duplex use to continue because this is a single dwelling residential district. So it's actually the addition that's causing the special use permit process. That um, special use permit will go to the planning commission for recommendation to the city commission for approval. You're not looking at the land development code part of the special use permit, but rather how it impacts the listed property. Um, staff is of the opinion that it is a residential structure and even though it's a duplex, it still has the form of a detached dwelling and the approval of a special use permit will not encroach upon damage or destroy the structure or the district. The part of this project is also a new addition. Um, that would be approximately 260 square feet, 206 square feet, and would be clad with fiber cement lap siding. And it's on the rear of the structure. I hope you had a chance to look at the excellent drawings that were included in your packet. Um, most of the materials for the addition are compatible with the existing structure, with the exception of a proposed new metal roof for the addition. Staff is of the opinion that the metal roof is not appropriate for the addition and that it should be composition shingle. 
I did have the, um, this is a rehabilitation tax credit project, which is why you had such excellent information in your packet with photographs and drawings. Um, did have the opportunity to visit with the tax credit reviewer for the State Historic Preservation Office, and they will also not be recommending a metal roof for the addition. You do review interior alterations as part of the state law review. Um, staff had a few concerns about a wall that separates the living area to the kitchen, um, perhaps not having enough of a cased opening, and then the removal of some stairs. But overall, um, I think the impact is minimal and the interior alterations could be approved. Um, with that, I'd be happy to answer any questions. The staff recommendation is for approval of a revised project to um, not include the metal roof. And I'd be happy to answer any questions you may have. This is Chair Meyer. Has that is the roof issue been discussed with the applicant? Lambertic Zollner Historic Resources Administrator. They got the staff report last Thursday, last Friday. Sorry, and we did hear with them um, right before the meeting that um, they would like to speak to the metal roof issue. This is Chair Meyer. Thank you. Um, is there any other com comments for Lynn or questions from commissioners? <clears throat> okay. Um, would the applicant like to say anything? This is Mike Myers uh, with Hernley Architects. Um, and I would just briefly like to discuss the metal roof issue. Um, we, we appreciate staff's review of, of the project. Um, I guess my first question would be to just, if I could start with a question to staff as to why the metal roof isn't appropriate. Lynn Braddock Zollner, Historic Resources Administrator. Typically a house of this type, an architectural style would not have had a metal roof. Um, metal roofs were not typically part of additions to structures of this size and so um, this architectural type and so the metal roof would not be appropriate for the addition. Okay. I uh, just doing a little bit of uh, homework right before the meeting um, my wife and I took a, a walk around the neighborhood partly to see what has been approved previously uh, in terms of metal roofing and you know, there are certainly a few projects. Um, I'm, I'm sorry, let me back up. I, I live uh, two doors south and have uh, this property for about 27 years. Um, so we're, we're very familiar with the neighborhood. And I would just kind of was curious to look around and see how much of the metal roofing has been previously approved. Um, and I did see some. Um, now, I don't know how many of those are uh, listed contributing structures. Um, but there's, there's certainly a few, and, and I've been involved with several of these projects where they have been approved uh, in an environs review situation. I can't think that I've done one in a listed structure, um, but the thing that struck me right off on the way back looking at properties was that right next door to this structure is a historic standing seam metal roof that i mean it's old and rusted it's been there for probably 80 to 100 years so um you know again it's on an accessory structure not on the primary dwelling but it's a material that is seen in this neighborhood historically and i'm just wondering partly because it literally is right next door. And I don't know if it's possible. I did email that image to Kyle and to Lynn right before the meeting. I don't know if it's possible for you to share that with the commissioners. There you go. And so what I'm looking at now, the, the place where we're putting the metal is uh, right in front of this little blue car. Uh, we're changing the roof pitch of that second floor. There's an odd, it, addition on the house and we're changing the pitch of it to where it'll drain towards the alley instead of draining towards the uh, north um, 
and it's still it's going to be a lower slope. It's a 212 pit, so it's not recommended uh, that we use an asphalt composition shingle on a slope that's below 312. And we're already uh, compromising the wall height down to seven feet on the addition and keeping the, the addition below the ridge height. And that's the reason why the pitch of the roof is is uh, too generally thought of. I mean, they, they, the asphalt shingle companies wouldn't warrant uh, a 212 asphalt composition. That said, we could find other materials. We could use a roll roofing. We could use a rubber membrane roofing. We could use a, a one of the white TPO membrane roofs. But from my perspective, when I'm looking at a historic accessory structure right there with a standing seam metal roof, and from this perspective, I'm standing up, I'm about six foot too tall, you are really not gonna see that roof. I mean, you may see just the indication of the edge of it, um, but the, the, the part, the roof and plane in question is literally right above that blue car, right above the window that you see, and it will be coming towards you. So I'm not seeing it as being uh, in, in any way harming or you know being obtrusive uh, historically there. Um, that, that's, that's the argument I'd like to make for keeping it, that metal roof in the job. Um, beyond that, I don't. I mean, that, I think that was the only comment. So um, I would put it back to staff or the commission for more consideration. Okay, this is Chair Meyer. Thank you very much, Mike. Um, Lynn, is there any public comment on this item? Lynn Braddock Zollner, Historic Resources Administrator. We didn't have anybody sign up, did we? Had no one sign up for public comment for this item, and there is no one in the commission room. Okay, this is Chair Meyer again. I'll bring it back to the commission for discussion then. This is Commissioner Foster. Um, Mike, I appreciated your your uh, your rationale there. I was I was sort of ready to, to go to battle a little bit, but the explanation of um, warranty issues and trying to keep the height of the structure, the addition as minimal as possible. Appreciate you guys looking at alternative roofing materials to and um yeah i don't have it i don't have an issue with proposed standing seam metal roof this is chair meyer again lynn what about the the accessory structure next to it with the metal roof i mean how does that play into any consideration lynn braddock zollner <laughs> historic resource administrator Historically, accessory structures, some of them did have metal roofs. It was much more common on accessory structures um, as they were built uh, typically to a lesser uh, standard because they were intended to be utilitarian structures. Typically, you did not see metal roofs on um, styles of this architectural style like this house. There have been some metal roofs on additions, but it is definitely not typical and not recommended for a listed property. It is a listed property um, that we're discussing this evening. This is Chair Meyer. Thank you, Lynn. Any additional commissioner discussion? This is Commissioner Buchanan. Um, I'm with Chad where I prepared a bunch of notes to kind of go to battle about this standing seam roof. Because um, on a T plan, it really is atypical. Um, but now hearing the uh, warranty issues, it's definitely, uh, I'm in favor of, of allowing it. Uh, if SHPO is going to approve it for the tax credits, you know, I think that that's gonna be a different conversation for you, but I think you have a very well, um, a good argument to, I'd much rather have a lower roof line and go with the metal seam roof than uh, have to go the alternative. Um, I do have one question on the south wall of the upper living room. So your second floor, uh, if you look at uh, sheets A1.1, there's the living room, there's a south wall, there's a lack of a fenestration there, both in plan and in elevation, obviously. Um, is there a reason why you didn't add a window 
kind of like if you're looking at the living room from the second floor on sheet A 1.1, kind of behind the chair. Uh, there is there a reason I didn't put a window on that corner? Yes, um, corner, like the south wall of that to make it be uh, more like almost like a bay. So let me make sure I have my my measurements right or my angle my north arrow correct. So south, you're talking about behind. I have a chair in a corner, a very yes. The, the wall is very short there. Yes, and it looks over a balcony, like a second floor deck. Um, I don't know. The wall is it's five feet long. Um, generally, I avoid big window. You know, windows in small short walls like that, partially because. Um, I mean, it had light from two sides, you know, two other walls for one and for two, um, part of the building code uh, that we have to follow in, is the brace bay provisions of the building code. Basically, we have to provide some solid wall right, segments okay. at each corner to give it stiffness against lateral wind loading. And at, yeah, my, okay, I, I it never really good. occurred to me to put one there, but you know, yeah. Um. And uh, only other thing I have is it's a great drawing set. I wish I could get more like them. Oh, thank you. The tax credit projects do tend to uh, have me drawing uh, a lot to try to get it explained correctly. Uh, this is Chair Meyer. <clears throat> um, I, I'm actually going to go out on a limb here and just I'm going to say that I, I would not approve the project uh, without alternative roofing. I'm with Lynn and that this is a contributing structure to the South Rhode Island, New Hampshire district. Um, I think that, I think when we're talking about contributing structures, we need to toe the line about that. And so um, I, I'm supportive of the action as Lynn has recommended, or I suppose maybe we could talk about something then other, other than composition shingle, but uh, again, with a contributing structure, I'm not inclined to approve it personally. So that's my two cents about it. Does anybody else have a comment? <clears throat> and if we don't have comments, I'll also entertain motions. So this Mike, is Commissioner uh, Foster. I'll take a stab at it. Um, I will move that we approve the proposed project as designed and find that the proposed revised project does not damage or destroy any historic property located in the National Register of Historic Places or the Register of Historic Kansas Places. Uh, this is Commissioner Meyer. Just so I'm clear, Chad, you're you're saying you're not following Lynn's recommendation. You're just approving it, approving it as is. Is that what you're saying? Correct. It's a change okay. of wording from the recommended <laughs> action. All right. There's been a, a motion by Commissioner Foster. Is there a second? Commissioner Buchanan, I second. Okay. Commissioner Buchanan has seconded the motion. So we'll go ahead and take a roll call vote on that. Uh, Commissioner Buchanan-Young? Aye. Commissioner Foster? Aye. Uh, Commissioner Irby? Aye. Uh, Commissioner Ezell? Aye. And Commissioner Meyer is a nay, so that motion carries four to one. Good luck with your project. Thank you very much. All right, uh, this is Chair Meyer again. We will move on to the second item on the agenda, DR 21-83, which is 933 Indiana Street. When you want to give us a, some input? <laughs> Lynn Braddock-Zollner, Historic Resources Administrator. Um, this project is for an addition to the existing structure and the demolition of an accessory structure. It is an ORIAD design guidelines review and a certificate of appropriateness review. The property is located in the ORIAD design overlay district in UC3, which is the medium density district. 
and it's also located um, in the environs of the Michael Greenley House, located at 947 Louisiana Street. The applicant requests to demolish an existing addition and build a new addition to the structure located at 933 Indiana Street. The addition would be approximately 580 square feet and would be located on the rear of the historic structure. The addition would be 24 feet, seven and a half inches to the peak of the gabled roof. The cladding would be fiber cement lap siding and the roof would be asphalt shingle. The applicant also requests to demolish the existing one-story accessory structure on the site. Overall, the new addition would be compatible with the environs of the Greenlee House and meets the intent of the Warriad Neighborhood Design Guidelines. The accessory structure is in such poor condition that it no longer contributes to the character of the environs or the overlay district. While its removal does alter the character-defining spatial relationships of the environs in the overlay district, the proposed new parking pad configuration that replaces the accessory structure and is part of the project is now typical for the area. Um, there was discussion in your staff report about the addition extending past that south wall plane. Um, typically, staff does not approve um, or recommend approval of additions that extend past the wall plane. Um, I believe on the north side, they actually recessed it a little bit to create that differentiation. Um, because this is an OREI design guidelines review, the guidelines speak to this uh, addition being at the rear of the structure. It does not specifically address um, expanding out from the wall plane of the historic structure. So staff was of the opinion since the extension is so small and so far back on the historic property that it could meet the intent of additions in the Oread Overlay District. Staff did also speak to the applicant in hopes that they would remove the vinyl siding on the house, um, but at least the new addition will be fiber cement board, so um, that is good for the house. The windows are Anderson 100 series windows, and while that's not a wood window or an aluminum clad wood window, um, it has been used in the Oread District before and has um, a similar profile to historic windows, if not exact. Um, it, it's close as a replacement product, and staff and the commission have approved that window type in the past. So staff is recommending approval of the project for the Certificate of Appropriateness and for the Oread Design Guidelines review. And I'd be happy to stand for any questions you may have. Chair Meyer, do any commissioners have questions for Lynn? Not hearing any, I'll ask if the applicant is present. <clears throat> I think the applicant is present. Hello, this is Roy Lay, Oakley Architecture. Can you hear me? Yes. Great. Um, I don't have anything specific to comment on, but I'm happy to answer questions. Great, this is Chair Meyer again. Uh, Lynn, is there any public comment on this item? Lynn Braddock Zollner, Historic Resources Administrator. There is no one in the commission room to have comment and we did not receive any requests for public comment on this item. Okay, this is Chair Meyer again, thank you, Lynn. We will bring it back to the commission for discussion. Is there any commissioner discussion on this item? Or motions. Oh. This is Commissioner Buchanan. I do have, I guess, some questions for the applicant. Um, on your drawings, there does not appear to be any veneer on the exposed concrete. Is that correct? Did I read that properly? Uh, yeah, that's shown as uh, concrete, but the owner is willing, based on the comment in uh, uh, Lynn's staff report, to do either a brick or some kind of a stone that 
is harmonious with the original foundation wall. Okay. Um, on the, the, these are all going to seem kind of nitpicky, but they are questions. Um, the windows on the ones that are the awning windows. Yes. Are, are you dead set on those being awning or can they uh, transition to be double hung? Uh, let's see. Let's look at those. Um, yeah, those could be double hung. They were just above a bathtub. So I was trying to get them out of the wet area. And I thought the proportion matching the sash of the double hungs uh, looked nice. So. Um, and correct me if this is, I read this incorrectly, but this is going from a three bedroom to a five bedroom. Uh, correct. Correct. Yeah. Um, Again, on the exterior on your trash uh, area, is that going to have an enclosure? And, and here's why I'm asking, because there's the sure. stone retain, there's like a, a little stone fence right there, like right at the property line. I was wondering how things are going to be impacted, both when you demolish or if approved, demolish the accessory structure um, and how the, the trash enclosure is going to interact with that stone, stone fence? Um, yeah, I guess we haven't gotten that far in the design, but I was assuming it would be some sort of a, a wood enclosure that would um, be adjacent to that. Let me look at the photos again. I mean, it, the stone itself, it, obviously a straw laid and yeah, I'm just wondering what's gonna happen with it. Sure. Uh, let me open. Was that in, in any of the photos I attached to my application? Yes. Or was that? Okay. Uh, yeah, that, that stone wall would need to be... Uh, reinforced and we probably could do some sort of a stone or um, stone look enclosure if that was the concern. Is it a structural concern or an aesthetic? Aesthetic. Aesthetic, okay. Um, Being that this is an environs review, I'm looking at the things that do impact the environs of the structure and the existing features like that, that um, I, I catch my attention. Okay. This is, if I could interrupt, this is Commissioner Foster. I want to ask a question of Lynn. It, aren't things like that addressed in the ORIA design guidelines that we spent forever working on? <laughs> so wouldn't that be administratively handled and, and or are we catching something that that staff missed? Lynn Braddock Zollner, Historic Resources Administrator. Um, it does speak, the guidelines do speak to maintaining um, stone uh, stonework in the district. Uh, that is certainly something that you can discuss with the applicant or you can allow staff to address it. This is a congregate living proposal and there will be a site plan associated with that proposal. And this is Commissioner Foster, I guess, and I appreciate, Brenna, your, your review and your observations. I just, I go into these things assuming the, uh, the design guidelines are going to be strictly enforced unless we're hearing something specifically otherwise. Well, this is Commissioner Buchanan. On that note, I will uh, not ask about the trees. I just, I, I didn't see anything written specifically about them in the staff report. Now, granted, I do assume that they will be strictly enforced, but I just, devil's advocate. Yeah, this, is, this is Commissioner Foster, maybe not. I mean, I, I guess I'm not quite sure what all happens behind the scenes to make sure that the guidelines are applied appropriately. Um, again, a question back to Lynn, do we, you know, should we be reviewing all aspects 
of the design guidelines or has staff done that and their and staff report is just alerting us to any discrepancies. Lynn Braddock Zollner, Historic Resources Administrator. I think it's with your purview to review this um, using all the guidelines. Um, typically landscape elements are handled with the site plan, but it's certainly something that you can discuss as part of this project. This is Commissioner Foster again. Let me try to ask the question a little bit differently. So should our discussion go forth with the assumption that staff will enforce all the provisions of the design guidelines without us going through them individually? Or do we need to raise that issue like, like Brenda is doing right now, those things that's catching her eye that I guess may or may not have been reviewed yet? Will they be reviewed? What's Lynn Braddock Zollner, Historic Resources Administrator. I think it's very appropriate to discuss the items that Commissioner Buchanan has brought up um, about the stone retaining wall. Um, I think that's certainly within your purview, and I think um, it's probably something that's good to discuss at this point if that's important to the Commission and following those guidelines. This is Chair Meyer. I, I, I guess I take Chad's question to mean something else, which is, <clears throat> is this something that that you as the staff in reviewing this and preparing a report is concerned about or something that we need to be, um, you know, we need to go through the, the guidelines ourselves kind of with a fine tooth comb um, to determine that if, if staff doesn't. I mean, I think Chad's saying is, was this something that was overlooked or something that you weren't concerned with? And maybe Chad can say if I'm speaking out of turn about what he's saying. <clears throat> This is Commissioner Foster. I agree, Jody. Yeah, the, the, the guide, design guidelines are probably a 100-page document. Um, I'm looking for staff to point out where there's discrepancies from that document and bring that up for our, our discussion. And if Brenna's thorough review, again, thank you very much, is finding things that don't seem to gel, um, you know, why aren't we being alerted to those? Lynn Braddock Zollner, Historic Resources Administrator. Um, I think when I was reviewing this project, I was concerned about the addition and the demolition and thinking that that piece of it would be included in the landscape review with um, the special use permit um, for the congregate living, but that it's certainly a guideline that we'll need to review it by. Um, most of the stone walls that the guidelines are speaking to or the majority of them are in the front yard. I think um, when you're looking at the guidelines, that's the intent, but we certainly can look at that. Um, we can discuss it this evening or um, staff can look at that with the site plan that goes along with the SUP permit. Okay, this is Commissioner Foster. I guess with that, Brenda, I will actively engage in all of those observations that you are making because it's not super clear to me that um, that my assumptions are necessarily happening. So yeah, let's let staff and the applicant hear about all of those things that we may see that yeah, may be in conflict with the design guidelines. So you have my full attention, Brenda. Well, uh, this is Commissioner Buchanan. I and I in no way intended to to step on anyone's toes or call anybody out. That I just I happen to know those guidelines very very well, and so I don't have to cross. I just know them, and so when I'm looking at something, it things stand out. Um, and the reason why the trees come up is because of the size of the addition. Was discussed that it is um, protruding beyond that side of the structure. And if um, if we did want to explore the option of shrinking that addition so it does become subordinate on both sides, um, I I was wondering, does the, would it save a tree? <laughs> Is kind of what I'm wondering, because it doesn't appear on the site plan. So the site plan that was submitted for this review, which I know is going to be separate from the site plan review further down the road, 
I wanted to understand where its location and impact to the existing proposed addition. Um, and if other commissioners wanted to look at shrinking the addition to fit more in line with the guidelines. And could, this is Commissioner Foster. Could you elaborate a little bit more? Because it's been a while since I've participated in those guidelines of, uh, of how you view that intent of the guideline and how this may be exceeding that. This is Commissioner Buchanan. It, it's in the Secretary of the Interior standards that additions are to be subordinate and not exceed beyond um, the existing. So that's where I was coming from with that. Um, being that it's an environs review or certificate of appropriateness review, um, I do look at the existing uh, landscape around a little more. And since this one potentially could have an impact on a one, if not two trees, um, but it's unknown because it's not labeled on the site plan. And I didn't know if the commissioners did have strong feelings one way or the other about the size of the addition. This is Chair Meyer, I do not. <clears throat> All right, any other commissioner discussion? Comments or concerns? I guess for <clears throat> for Chad and Brenna, I guess does this does any of what you brought up does that change your position about uh, the recommendation for this project? This is Commissioner Buchanan. I am not in favor of approving this project. I feel like this is exactly what the design guidelines are intended to um, try to circumvent from happening. So what? What? Just so we're clear, so the applicant's clear. What? part of it is, are you concerned about? Going from a three bedroom, oh, this is Commissioner Buchanan. Going from a three bedroom to a five bedroom, creating a the need to meet the parking requirements, thus creating a, removing an accessory dwelling and replacing it with a parking tray for five cars, which is not recommended. Um, and it's adding to this new pattern that the intent of and all the work that went into the ORIAD design guidelines said, this is the exactly the patterns that we are trying to um, not allow to continue forward. Um, that That's really my biggest one, is that it just really does not meet the intent of the design guidelines for the ORIAD district. All right, this is Chair Meyer. Chad, do you have anything else? Yeah, this is Commissioner Foster. It's been, it's been so long since I participated in those in those design guidelines. Um, I heard, so the 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 tray all the way across the back property line <laughs> is not allowed per the design guidelines. Lynn Braddock Zollner, Historic Resources Administrator. That is actually a design shown for parking off the alley in the design guidelines. So all the way across, because I remember the reversions like too deep and stuff like that, but parking all the way across the back park is, is allowed. Lynn Braddock Zollner, Historic Resources Administrator, there has to be a two foot separation from each property line. Okay. Okay, thank you, Bia. This is Commissioner Foster. Um, I guess yeah, if the if in, in the big picture, if the elements do meet the ORIAD design guideline, I look at this structure as it's being. This is Chair Meyer. Did Chad freeze? Kyle Kobe, planner. Um, 
it would appear. So it, I, I'm not seeing any errors and he hasn't dropped off of my screen, but um, the, uh, the visual and audio evidence suggests that there's been some kind of technical glitch. And he's back. Oh, there he is. Sorry about that. So I, I, I'm in favor of the project as, as, um, as proposed. Okay, Chair Meyer here. Is there any other uh, commissioner discussion? <clears throat> I'll tell you what, I'll, I will go ahead and <clears throat> move that in accordance with Chapter 22 of the Code of the City of Lawrence, uh, the standards of evaluation and uh, to find the proposed project will not significantly encroach upon damage or destroy the landmark or its environs and issue the certificate of appropriateness for the proposed project. Is there a second? This is Commissioner Foster. I will second. Okay. So there's a motion and a second. We'll take a roll call vote. Uh, Commissioner Buchanan. Aye. Commissioner Foster. Yes. Commissioner Irby. Aye. Commissioner Ezell. Aye. And Commissioner Meyer is an aye. So that motion passes five to zero. <clears throat> um, I will go ahead and make another motion uh, that we find that the proposed project meets the development and design standards in the Oread neighborhood design guidelines for the Oread neighborhood design overlay district. Is there a second? This is Commissioner Foster. <clears throat> second. Okay. There's been a motion by Meyer and a second by Foster. We'll take a roll call vote. Uh, Commissioner Buchanan. Nay. Commissioner Foster? Yes. Commissioner Irby? Aye. Commissioner Ezell? Aye. And Commissioner Meyer is an aye. So that motion passes uh, four to one. Good luck with your project. Um, we will next move on to the third item on the agenda, which is DR 21 85 1266 Oread Avenue. Lynn Braddock Zollner, Historic Resources Administrator. Um, this is for a new addition to 1266 Oread Avenue. You may know it as the Alumni Center on um, adjacent to KU campus. This would be an addition to the north side of that structure. Um, it's also in the environs of the Ecumenical Christian Ministries building located at 1204 Oread Avenue. The applicant requests to build a new addition on the north side of the structure that is located at 1266 Oread Avenue. The addition would be approximately 12,950 square feet. The addition is um, designed to create a glass hyphen look between the existing structure and the main body of the proposed addition. The addition would be 37 feet tall with rooftop screening creating an overall height of 44 feet 5 inches. The primary building materials would be storefront glazing system and curtain wall, limestone veneer, precast concrete panel system, brick veneer, metal wall panels, and a woven metal screen. A special use permit is also part of the proposed project. Um, according to chapter 22 for special use permits located that may have an impact on a listed property, the Historic Resources Commission has the opportunity to comment on those special use permits. This is not like the special use permit you reviewed for the contributing structure to um, the North South Rhode Island, New Hampshire Street Historic Districts. This is simply the ability to comment um, to see if there's an impact on the ECM building. So you would be looking at the design review for certificate of appropriateness for the addition, but you, you can comment on the special use permit, but that is not required. And with that, I'd be happy to answer any questions that you may have. This is Chair Meyer. Do the commissioners have any questions for Lynn? Alrighty then, um, is the applicant present? 
Yes, this is Evan Fox from Helix Architecture and Design, where the applicant and Keith Peterson with the K Alumni Association uh, president is also on. So we're happy to answer any questions. Mr. Chairmeyer, thank you. Um, Lynn, has there been any public comment on this item? Lynn Braddock Zollner, Historic Resources Commission Administrator. There is no one in the commission chambers um, choosing to comment, and we had no one sign up for comment for this item. This is Chair Meyer. Thank you, Lynn. Um, we will bring it back to the commission for discussion then. I, I'll just say I I personally don't have any comment about the, the special use permit. I don't know if anybody else does, but I don't. <clears throat> I'll also entertain any motions. Can I motion to approve even though I'm the architect? Does that, does that work? <laughs> yes. No, sorry. Okay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll mute myself. I'm sorry. I'll mute. Although I do appreciate a, a timely uh, request to make a motion. <clears throat> this is Commissioner Foster. I'll make a motion. Um, I will. Um, move that we find the proposed project will not significantly encroach on damage or destroy the landmark or its environs and issue a certificate of appropriateness for the proposed project. This is, right. is it Cannon. I'll second, unless you know, Evan Fox would like to. <laughs> is there a third? Because I'll do a third that's available. Oh, we think that's overkill. Um, uh, this is Chair Meyer. There's been a motion and a second. We'll go ahead and take a roll call vote. Uh, Commissioner Buchanan? Aye. Commissioner Foster? Yes. Commissioner Irby? Aye. Uh, Commissioner Ezell? Aye. And Commissioner Myers, an aye. So that motion carries five to zero. Did anybody want to make any comments about the special use permit? No comment. Okay. Hearing none, then we won't make any comment on that. So good luck with the project. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Okay. We will keep rolling on to item DR21-88, 1308 New Hampshire Street. Well, thank you very much, Kyle Kobe with planning. Um, this item is a state- For a state law review for residential accessory structure at 1308 New Hampshire Street. Um, the property is contributing to the South Rhode Island and New Hampshire Street Historic District. The applicant is requesting to construct a one and a half story, approximately 528 square foot accessory structure. The proposed structure would be approximately 24 feet by 22 feet, located in the rear yard adjacent to the alley. Uh, the proposed structure would be 19 and a half feet tall. I want to apologize. I know I keep adjusting my mask. It's bothering me a little bit. Um, the proposed structure would be 19 and a half feet tall. The principal structure is 20 feet, three inches tall. First floor of the structure will be used as a garage with an interior staircase leading to the second floor. The second floor plans show a small space for a craft studio storage room area. The height of the proposed structure will be less than a foot lower than the principal structure. The two structures will be relatively equal in terms of height. So as a result, the prominence of the accessory structure is a little bit closer to the principal structure than is ideal, but it is within range of other accessory structures located within the district. In addition, the difference in grade on the property is lower where the accessory structure will be located um, than the primary structure, which will help mitigate similar the similarities in height. The smaller footprint and gabled roof also helps reduce the prominence of the proposed structure relative to the primary. So while the height of the proposed structure is somewhat taller than ideal, in this specific case, staff's opinion is that the proposed accessory structure is compatible with the principal structure and the character of the district. And staff recommends that in accordance with the Secretary of the Interior Standards, the commission approve the project, the proposed project, and find that the proposed project does not damage or destroy any historic property included in the National Register of Historic Places or Register of Historic Kansas Places. And I, that concludes my presentation. Um, I'd be happy to answer any questions. And I see that the applicant 
is here with us as well. Mr. Chair Meyer, does anybody have any questions for Kyle? I don't think so. Uh, okay, then, does the applicant uh, wish to have any comment? Uh, this is Mike Myers uh, with uh, Hernley Associates Architects. And uh, just wanted to thank staff for uh, their review and um, ask that you consider uh, following their recommendation of approval. Thank you. Chair Meyer, thank you. Uh, Lynn, is there any public comment on this item? Lynn Braddock Zollner, Historic Resources Administrator. There is no one in the commission room for comment, but the owners of the property are on the Zoom meeting if they would like to comment. All right, thank you. Do you wish to comment? Um, yeah, this is Walt Clogston uh, with my wife, Tony. Uh, no, hello, everybody. Uh, no special comment. Uh, we just uh, like working with Mike Myers and we're anxious to, uh, to, uh, to hopefully get approval. Thank you. Mr. Meyer, thank you. Uh, all right, did I ask if there was any public comment on this item? The Kyle Taylor planning, yes. Okay, thank you. Chair Meyer, again, we'll bring it back to the commission for discussion. This is Commissioner Buchanan. I did have one question for staff. Is this too similar and not differentiated enough where it's mimicking some of the details underneath the gable ends? And um, we all really like things when it just blends in and um, works well. But I'm wondering if it is too similar and can be interpreted as mimicking. Kyle Kobe, with planning, was that a question? That was a question for staff, or was that an open question for the other commissioners? This is Commissioner Buchanan. This is for staff. Kyle Kobe, with planning, I um, I see where you are going with that for sure. I I do not see it is rather similar to the other accessory structure there um, and some of the other structures in the um, the district, but. I, in my review, and I think, you know, in the, the subsequent reviews that took place, that did not strike me as um, an issue of significance, which would cause a recommendation for a denial. This is Commissioner Buchanan. To, just to clarify, my question was um, not so much denial, but if there was um, any re suggested revisions amongst the commissioners to Mike or um, in ARC discussion. It's it, it's it is kind of a more seen litmus test. This is Commissioner Foster, and I went away there for about thirty seconds. So unfortunately, Brenna, I missed everything you just said. I apologize. This is Commissioner McKenna. I was just asking um, if anybody else thought it was too similar, not so much for a denial, but just as a conversation as to we can take care of it here with revisions, or if it was going to continue to an ARC, which I doubt, but um, I definitely recommend approval. But are we going to talk about this? Is it too similar? This is Commissioner Foster. Are, are, did you make that observation based on something in the packet that I'm not seeing or just you going by the structure and observing what the the the, the shed looks like? Because I'm not seeing pictures of it. This is Commissioner Buchanan. Uh, it is written in the report of how similar it is. And it does talk about the fish scaling being um, in kind, which I do think is recommended. Um, I just wondered if these are supposed to be differentiated. Is it too similar? This is Commissioner Foster. Thank, thank you. I, uh, um, looking the imagery of it as a standalone element looks very nice, and I compliment the applicant and everybody involved in that. Um, I guess from a staff report perspective, if there was a strong point to be made, I would encourage an, a photo of the existing structure you're comparing to. And then also when we're talking about 
the the height of structures, it's always helpful to have the the elevation or a site section that compares this structure to the main structure so we can you know sort of see are they really similar and, and that's a, a drawing that we often see in a package that we don't see here um so i think that's it's hard hard to comment on that height thing as as well but um yeah, i appreciate you you mentioning that for an i i bottom line and probably in support of the proposal as designed that's just me this is Commissioner McCann. That I I thought I saw something with the height mentioned, but not as a direct comparison. This is uh, Chair Meyer. Lynn, do you want to talk about those issues at all? Lynn Braddock Zollner, Historic Resources Administrator. I'm going to refer your questions to Kyle Kobe. Oh, I'm sorry. What's the one that wrote the oh. staff report? Kyle, my apologies. I did not mean to uh, forget that you presented this. Uh, Kyle, with Kyle Kobe with planning, uh, that's you know, no harm, no foul. Uh, I would ask if you could restate your question so that I can try to answer it appropriately. Um, this is Commissioner Foster. I was just making an observation of if, if, if the staff report's willing to make a strong argument on some aspect, whether it's height or similarity, include some imagery of what you're comparing it to or have the applicant include a drawing that compares the height of the structure to the height of the existing structures again that's something that we commonly see but um that's not going to um prohibit me from supporting this 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 application kyle could be with planning oh sorry I, was was just... say, I, I thought there was in the drawing if you look at sheet A2.0 East Elevation, that the picture with the annotation with the proposed um, East Elevation is present. Uh, applicant or Mike, please look, correct me if I'm wrong. That that's correct, uh, Commissioner Young. Um, the uh, the the. East elevation drawing has a photo of the house in it with a dimension shown of 20 foot three. Um, and the, uh, the east elevation of the building, it's a little bit rough in, in this, but it's based, I think it believe I believe it's 196. So, um, and then again, the, the, the garage sits somewhere between a foot and a half and two feet lower in elevation. So, you know, no, I did not pro provide a site section drawing, but I did get up on the roof and and uh, with my laser and, and measured that. So I'm pretty confident that the scale of it is is uh, different. And um, um, Commissioner Buchanan Young, relative to your comment, your question, um, I did we did put some detail on the garage um, that has the fish scale that's similar to the house. But I will say that the house is a uh, pyramidal form. Um, with gable, um, with gables poking out with just a little bit of fish scale. I mean, I don't think you're going to read this garage as being anything other ever than a newer garage than the house, in my opinion. Um, also, it's I mean, it's got two big overhead door. I'm sorry, a big overhead door on it, and um, it, it and it'll have fiber cement siding as opposed to old, very old lap siding. So that's all I had. Mr. Chair Meyer, thank you. Um, is there a motion? This is Commissioner Buchanan. I'll uh, make the motion that according to the Secretary of Interior Standards, Standards of Evaluation, the Commission approve the proposed project and find that the proposed project does not damage or destroy any historic property, including the National Register of Historic Places and Register of Historic Kansas Places. Commissioner Second. Okay, great. There's a, a motion and a second. We'll take a roll call vote. Uh, Commissioner Buchanan? Aye. Commissioner Foster? Yes. Commissioner Irby? Aye. Uh, Commissioner Ezell? Aye. And Commissioner Myers and I, so the motion carries 5-0, and good luck with your project. Oh, I'm sorry. Mike, did you have a question? No, I, I had raised that. Um, prior to uh, me being asked to comment. So um, okay. I'm done. We're very All much. right. Thank you. <laughs> okay.
Thank you. Thank you very much. All right, this is Chair Meyer. Um, we will now move on to miscellaneous items. Do we have any miscellaneous items? Lambert Zollner, Historic Resources Administrator staff has no miscellaneous items this evening. Okay, just out of curiosity, do we, do we yet know when we'll be back in person in the building for meetings? Lynn Braddock Zollner, Historic Resources Administrator. Um, I have had no communication as to when we will come back to commission room meetings. Mr. Chair Meyer, thank you. That's all I had. This is Commissioner Buchanan. Um, I don't know if any of you have seen the emails from SHPO or on Facebook, social media, whatever. Um, there are two surveys out there that the state is looking for input on their next state preservation plan. It'd be great if members of this commission took that survey. In addition to the Lawrence Preservation Alliance also has a survey right now uh, regarding their strategic plan towards helping the city achieve our goals with regards to historic preservation in Lawrence. So I think it would be fantastic if we could all participate in those two surveys. Commissioner Irby, uh Commissioner Buchanan, do you have links or could links be shared? Uh, this is Commissioner Buchanan. I, I can try to get those links into an email and give them to Lynn so Lynn can disseminate them. Mr. Chair Meyer, great. That would be wonderful. All right, anybody else have any other miscellaneous items? Okay. Then I will move that we adjourn and we'll see you next month. Thank you, everybody. Thank you.